All right, who's got it worse, the Nets or the Clippers? Plus, Damian Lillard is out for two weeks. We'll talk about what that means for the Portland Trailblazers before power ranking the title contenders. It's a fun one here on Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On NBA Friday, your daily podcast covering the NBA. However, you might be tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or on your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. I am Wes Goldberg here with Mike Richmond of Locked On Trailblazers. Mike, thanks for joining me today. This is fun. Thanks for having me on on a beautiful yeah. Friday. A beautiful Friday. We're going to talk about Damian Lillard's injury uh, in a minute. Nobody else better to bring on than you. Uh, and then we're going to debut a new wrinkle to our weekly power ranking segment. But first, let's talk about a couple of games from last night, uh, tonight, however you want to talk about it, Thursday. Uh, Brooklyn <laughs> lost a fun one to the Mavericks in overtime. The Nets got 39 points from Kyrie, 37 from KD. But that wasn't enough to keep pace with Luka, who erupted for 41 points, 14 rebound, or 14 assists and 11 rebounds. Meanwhile, the Clippers, again without Kawhi, uh, who uh, lost to the Thunder, 118 to 110. So we got both the Nets and the Clippers losing Thursday night, considered uh, by many going into this year as title contenders. Uh, they've both now lost three straight games. Mike, are you more concerned about the Nets or are you more concerned about the Clippers? I think I'm more concerned about the Nets because they're generally healthy. Like, they're not totally healthy. They're missing some some role players for sure. But right. they're ge- generally healthy. Like, they're missing – the guys are missing are – are not the at the top of the marquee, shall we say? And they just they don't I don't see the pieces totally fitting. Like I think they play a little bit too slow to maximize Ben Simmons, who is the type of player that you need to build a team around and is yet not good enough to build a team around. It's a, quite a conundrum. Um, he's I think I'm more worried about them. I think the Clippers are just you know they Paul George came back tonight and played 30 minutes and they still lost, but like. Um, I think some of it is just like they haven't had their dudes. And I think they're a team that has maybe too many NBA players. And when they all get healthy, they'll they're I think they're going to be okay. But um, you could convince me who you more worried about. I'm, I'm worried. I'm more worried about Brooklyn, even though I, I guess I don't know how to frame it. I'm more worried about Brooklyn, but I was more worried about Brooklyn going into the season than I was the Clippers. But I think my gap of worry has definitely gotten, has increased uh, with the Clippers, right? I thought the Clippers were going to be right there with everybody. Thought they were going to compete for the Western Conference title this year. The deepest team yep. in the NBA and all this stuff. Best one through nine in the league. And I just, I, I don't think that's going to be the case if Kawhi is only going to play two games out of every five. And and that to me is a big problem. And everybody could tell me, hey, you know, it's the playoffs. He's, he, this is the maintenance program and all this stuff. Uh, cool. The last time we saw the Clippers in the playoffs, they melted down. Like with Kawhi and Paul George. So I they're to me sort of Brooklyn Nets West. Um, but that said, I'm still more concerned about Brooklyn because I still think that there's something to be said about when Kawhi and Paul George and that group is healthy, you can see a way in which it works. But with this Nets team, man, like you open up the season, you get blown out by the New Orleans Pelicans. You score 108 points, but you give up 130. You you give up 134 points to the Grizzlies a couple nights later. You're giving up 110 points to the Bucks. You're giving up uh, Thursday night 129 points to the Mavericks in overtime, even though you scored 125. This team can score points, right? Kyrie yeah. Irving, Kevin Durant, they're shooters that they have around them. They're going to score points. But defensively, they just can't stop anybody. And, and again, we knew that going into the season, but 
for a team that's consistently scoring 130 points or thereabout, they're just giving up so much on the other end. And I don't know how you fix that. Yeah, they don't seem to have, it's hard to consistently play who they need to be on the court to be good and put out a like a really a really good defensive unit. I, I'm a Nick Claxton believer. I think he's pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's a version of Ben Simmons that is one of the best defensive players in the league. He has not been here this season. Um, who knows when he'll if if he'll show up? But yeah, I mean, Kai Irving is a minus defender. They're you know they're going to play some Patty Mills minutes. Uh, Kevin Durant is not the defender he used to be. Although in moments he can be like he's got it, but. Um, they're not it's probably letting them unfair. do it though. Yeah, they're it, keeping them out of those situations. Yeah, and it's probably unfair to ask for 75 games of elite defense from Kevin Durant at age 34. Um, it's it's maybe a problem with the NBA itself, but like just the reality of it. Yeah, I, I think I, I worry a little bit about that. I also think like, you know, a, a, there are a couple a couple tough breaks at the end of regulation from beating the Mavericks. So um, I, I would feel a little bit different, but I still in general, and I think you made a good point. It's like, I probably thought the Clippers were closer to a championship team when the season started. And yet I am still more worried about the Nets just even getting into that conversation after yeah. a week, you know, after 10 days of basketball. Um, I want to kind of reevaluate that whole Clippers thing too, because again, if Kawhi is not going to, if he's only playing two out of every five or six games, I think that's going to be a problem. I just, I don't know how this team builds any sort of chemistry the, yep. doing this. You have Paul George coming into the season saying, I'm going to be the number two. Kawhi's going to be the number one. And I'm like, I don't know. I think Kawhi, when he's healthy and doing stuff, he's obviously the best player, but part of being the number one is being available. And maybe Paul George should be the number one on that team. And it should just be Kawhi picking his spots whenever he wants to play and just be the best player on the court at times. Uh, because when he is on the court, he is the best player, but he's only on the court at times. And then kind of going to that that thing that you kept saying, everybody kept saying it, like they got the best one through nine, the best one through 10, the best bench, all this stuff in the league. And I don't know that that's true. I'm at the point now where I'm looking at a team like New Orleans and I'm wondering, hey, does this team have the best one through nine in the league? You can go up and down the Western Conference even. And you could point to, I think, even – you know, a team like Memphis, even like Golden State, if they could figure out their bench with their young guys and stuff like that. Uh, I think Boston's pretty darn deep. You know, I think there's other teams that are just flatly deeper than the Clippers. And so all the strengths that the Clippers were talking about going into the season, hey, Kawhi's healthy, we got him back. Paul George healthy, we got him back. We got the deepest team, blah, blah, blah. I don't know that those perceived strengths have actually been literal strengths so far. Well, they certainly haven't showed up. Uh, I think for me, the Clippers, the like the the secret sauce of the Clippers' depth was that they also had the two best wings. It's like uh, you have PG and Kawhi, and then you have ten other NBA players, and so the depth is so overwhelming because no matter what, you're going to have, you know, an All Star level six foot eight apex wing out there, perhaps two of them, and then you have any combination of NBA dudes behind them, and they were going to be like, okay, every night. Terrence Mann and Luke Kennard, who are probably rotation players for almost every team in the league, one of them doesn't play. Like it was, it was a big, going to be a big choice for them. They haven't really, you know, it, it hasn't clicked. Norman Powell struggled a little bit for him. I think that's one of the things he's just like shooting bricks. And if he's going to play a lot, he shoots right. a lot. He's going to shoot some bricks. They, the small ball thing hasn't worked for them yet. Like they don't have another center. It was going to be Covington as a backup center. It, that just hasn't really, really found its rhythm. They've, they've been relying on Zubac a lot. I, I kind of like the, they won 46 games last year without playing either of these dudes. I, I've, I have some confidence in them kind of finding it. And I, I do believe yeah. in their depth probably more than you do at this point. But um, 
it's hard to win a championship without forming the good habits that good teams do. It's just, it's just hard to do it. Um, and if you don't get a chance to form those habits over 50 or so games, best of luck when the games really matter. That's why I keep calling them like Brooklyn West is because it's just because of that reason. Yeah, they don't have the same personalities that the Brooklyn Nets do with like the weirdness of Kyrie Irving and the moodiness of Kevin Durant. But they they just have a team that doesn't really play together. And it's been mostly just theoretical. I Look, I like the pieces. I think they they have great players. I'm not breaking news by saying that. I just I don't know, man. Like maybe I'm overreacting to this. Clippers people will tell you, hey, this was always the plan with Kawhi. The knee is fine. This is just the maintenance plan in general, but I can I just have an issue with the plan? I think it's a dumb plan. I think the guy's got to play. I think these guys got to form some sort of chemistry. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's he's taken a lot of time off. At some point, you want him on the court to figure out if this thing works because, um, you know, being really good in August actually doesn't matter. Good point. It doesn't matter. Um, but you got to build good habits, right? Like you yep. got to just, and, and I don't know. Um, all right. We're going to get to uh, Damian Lillard. We have Mike Richmond here from Locked On Portland Trailblazers, who nobody better the, uh, than uh, Mike to talk about it. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. And easy is really what they are all about. All you have to do is play, to play is pick two to five players. And if they're going to score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. And the best part, no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, including the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, the WNBA, and so much more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. And they offer safe and fast withdrawals, which is a big plus if you've ever dealt with anything online like this. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. All you have to do is down, to download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, PrizePix is just going to give you $100 to play with. If you deposit $50, PrizePix is going to give you, you guessed it, $50 to play with. Don't forget to enter the promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy all right back here with locked on nba um make sure when you're done listening to locked on nba today uh you go and make your second listen game to game nba every moment every top performance every result locked on game to game covers every game from across the nba with local analysis that only locked on can deliver follow game to game by subscribing to locked on nba it's available on the odyssey app youtube and wherever you get your podcasts uh, the Blazers announced on Thursday that Damian Lillard has a grade one strain of his right calf, and he's going to be reevaluated in one to two weeks. I'm going to throw to you right away, Mike. Uh, how big of a deal is this to a Portland team that has obviously had such a promising start to the season? It's the last part of that. Uh, the last part of that press release. One week, not that big of a deal. Two weeks, probably a big deal. Uh, the Blazers have a unique schedule. They play on Friday against the Houston Rockets today as you're listening to this because you're making this your first listen every day. Then they have four days off. The Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday off in the middle in October in the NBA. Unheard of. Truly unheard of. Um, for my beat reporters out there, congratulations, y'all. I'm happy for you. That means that Dame will, if he only misses a week, 
could conceivably miss one game. Uh, a real anomaly in the schedule couldn't have happened at a better time for the Blazers. But if it is that two-week timeline, they begin a two, or excuse me, they begin a six-game road trip with two on the road against Phoenix. And basically, they don't play any bad teams on the road trip until they meet the Charlotte Hornets nearing the end of that trip, with all due respect to our beloved Buzz. Um, the Blazers have been the most one of the most surprising teams in the league this year. They started 4-0. Um, they were competitive with a good Miami Heat team basically up until Dame got hurt, and then they were really bad. And if that's the reality without Damian Lillard, this goes from a team that's competitive and chippy and right there in the mix in the Western Conference in a way that very few people thought they would be to a bad team, like to a play-in team. Um, and then they're climbing out of the hole for the rest of the year. So, you know, I, I was in the locker room. I talked to Dame. He didn't sound too concerned about it, but I, I think it's a big deal. I mean, you watched that Blazers and Heat game. You you saw the difference between those two teams, the team that played the first, uh, whatever that was, uh, 31 minutes, and the team that played after that. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of what we were just talking about with the Clippers, right? It's one thing to build your team around a superstar like Kawhi and Paul George, and it's another thing to not have those guys available. And what does the team look like after that? And we basically just got like a living version of that with Portland in that, in that Miami Heat game because – like you said, it was back and forth with Miami and Portland while Damian Lillard was on the court. Damian Lillard leaves the game, and Miami just goes on and blows out the Trailblazers. And all of a sudden, all these things that you did to kind of reconstruct this roster around Damian Lillard doesn't make as much sense. It doesn't work as well. Um, look, I don't think it's a big deal. To your point, maybe you get a break on the schedule because of this. I just think in general, losing a superstar this year in a Western Conference that is going to be this competitive for any amount of time can be the difference of maybe not missing the playoffs entirely, but the difference between having to play a game in the play-in tournament and not. And I don't think that Portland wanted to be in that situation where they were going to be. Maybe they were going to be anyway. Who knows where right. the season starts? Just because you start 4-0, it's not that big of a deal. It's a, such a small sample size. But you want to stack up these wins early, especially if you're a team that's trying to kind of overachieve the way that Portland is uh, based on kind of the the the, 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 the expectations going into the season. So, um Maybe it's a big deal. Uh, to your point, we don't really know. It's going to be a reevaluation in one to two weeks, right? We don't right. know if it's going to be a return in one to two weeks. It really just depends on how this heals. Yeah. So in the locker room last night, so he he you know leaves the game with five minutes left in the third quarter. In the locker room, he he spoke to reporters and I said, "Did you get an MRI?" And he looked at me like, "What? Like why would I do that?" And I was like, "I don't know. Like you're a professional athlete. It's like, like the this, thing people do. Yeah. Like I, you should definitely get an MRI. Like if they haven't. Like I'm not a doctor. I'm a podcaster. But like you should for sure go get an MRI at some point. Like uh, you know, talk to somebody. I'm sure someone smarter than me is in the back. Um, he, he sounded so calm, so calm. You know, he said he wasn't worried and all those things. Um, so the vibe I got, he said he wasn't going to play Friday if they play the Rockets. Um, and the vibe I got was like, yeah, he, he's targeting Wednesday against the Grizzlies. No prob. And he really sees that as reasonable. He's a pretty fierce optimist. Yeah. Like he's pretty, he's pretty, um, he's pretty fierce with the optimism. So maybe, maybe he was just, that's just who he is. But uh, I didn't get the sense he was worried about it. I've seen him more upset and more frustrated and all those things with injuries in the past than this. Um, I, I wonder how many teams in the West could not survives, not the right word, but could could stay afloat missing their top guy. Right. Um, Golden State probably couldn't too well. Dallas probably couldn't too well. Denver probably couldn't too well. Uh, it's you know you get you get further down the list. For whatever reason, the Grizzlies can. You just throw anyone out there, and, and Santiago Dom is ready to go. Like it, just, it, it literally just doesn't matter. Um, Desmond Bain turns into Ray Allen, and and they just keep that they keep that train a going. But like, 
it's not unique to the Blazers, yeah. but it is it is a reality in a brutal Western Conference that if you are missing your top guy, you might find yourself quickly in that seven, eight, nine range, which is going to be tough to get out of. Well, let's talk about that. Let's zoom out. I'm glad you brought that up to the standings. Portland right now, number one in the Western Conference. We'll tied four and one. Memphis is four. Yeah, and two one. of the Utah, best teams in the league, baby. Four and one. There it is. Phoenix, three and one. New Orleans, three and one. Denver is three and two. Minnesota, San Antonio, Golden State, and Dallas. Um, all of them are three and two. Dallas is two and two. Um, I don't think anybody really expects Utah to stay like this. So particularly people who them. work in the Utah Jazz front office. I think that's the key on that one. So let's all, let's just go ahead and kick them out. Uh, sorry, David Locke, our, our boss. Uh, but yeah, it, my bad, David. It ain't, it ain't happening. Um, New Orleans, Phoenix, Denver, Memphis, all teams we expected to be here. Portland, in some way, shape, or form, we expected to be in the top 10, even though nobody really thought they were going to be number one. And then those guys in the playing tournament, Minnesota, Golden State, Dallas, also expected them. We can give San Antonio the boot. They're not going to be hanging around here. We expect right. that the Clippers, currently 12th in the standings, will rise up. But what I am trying to say is, Portland's firmly in this thing because you get beyond those teams that I mentioned, and those are sort of the 10 teams we expect to be in here. It's Oklahoma City, no. Houston, no. Sacramento's 0-4, even though we, even I had high hopes for them to at least make the playing tournament. We'll see. Again, just a couple weeks. They can turn things around. They're bad. And the I'll, Lakers, I'll, they're I'll, bravely say, I'll bravely say the Kings are bad. Very good. <laughs> Bold statement here. Coming in hot. Uh, and then the Lakers, also 0-4, and who knows what's going on with Also that. bad. So, I'll say they're bad, too. <laughs> there is an opportunity here for Portland to just avoid the play in tournament altogether. I don't think that the Damian Lillard injury is going to determine whether or not they're playing in the play. Right. Again, right. seeing how this thing is reevaluated in one to two weeks, but it's just interesting to at least take a look at that. And to your point, if anybody misses any of their top stars for any amount of time, it is, it's going to be so close in the West that it could literally mean the difference between playing a game in the playoffs on your home floor or not. You know, yeah. so it's uh, one week or two weeks, right? A one week of Damon Lord absence. You're probably still in the mix two weeks. You might struggle enough um, and we'll see, but you might struggle enough to end up the difference. That might be the difference in something like fifth and eighth. Uh, and that would be starting a play in game on the road as opposed to being in the tournament and not having to worry about it. It's it's going to be that tight in the West. Absolutely. All year long. Uh, let's talk about the power rankings. We just did a standings update. We'll do our power rankings of contenders next here on Locked On NBA. All right, back here with Locked On NBA. It's Friday, which means we are counting down to the weekend with our weekly power rankings. Usually, when Adam is here, he's got some sort of fun, kind of silly power rankings that we do, like top five, I don't know, arms in the NBA, top five wingspans, afros, I don't know. Uh, I'm not doing that. I'm going to, I'm debuting a new wrinkle to our annual or annual weekly countdown. Uh, it's just going to be actual power rankings. It's just going to be normal. Wow. Power rankings. outside the box. So, just really good teams. The one thing I am doing different is I'm going to make it six teams, not five, not a top five, not a top 10, not going to do all 30. I'm going to do the top six. And the reason I'm doing six is because I kind of feel like year to year, it, that that's usually the amount of teams that are real title contenders. That's sort of your inner circle of title contenders. It's usually around six. I am because it's my power rankings and I'm making up the rules. I have the ability, the authority to go, to move up or down. If I want to do a top seven one week, that's what I'm going to do, but I'm going to try <laughs> to keep it to six because I feel like six is a good number. And honestly, I just wanted to be a little bit different and I'm going with six instead of five. And you know what? You get one more bonus power ranking. So let's start at the very top. Uh, number one, Milwaukee. 
plus yep. 11 point differential. They're three and zero. They've got wins over the 76ers, the Rockets, and the Nets. Uh, a defensive rating of 98.3, which is by far the best in the NBA. And a lot of the credit goes to Brooke Lopez, who leads the league in blocks. He's been amazing for them. Um, also, Giannis looks awesome. They're the only undefeated team left. This was an easy pick. Milwaukee, number one. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I had Milwaukee number one on my list as well. They're better than everyone else. Uh, they got the best player in the league right now, and they just look great. Uh, at some point, they're going to lose, but like, they're the, this is the best team in the NBA. I don't think I don't I do not think there's much debate about that. Uh, the Brooke Lopez addition can't be overstated, right? I mean, his back looks healthy. He's got like that viral block against Joel Embiid. Yep. He's he's able to stand up to him in a way that a lot of centers can't, and that that stuff matters, right? When you get into the uh, when you get into the playoffs and in a potential matchup against Philly or other teams with big centers. And then the other version of that is, Hey, if we're not playing that kind of team, we can't go small. We can put Giannis at the five. We can put Bobby Portis at the five who can make threes and all these other things. They look great. Um, I've got Boston number two, they're three and one. They're second in the league in true shooting percentage at 60.5. Uh, the defense has not been great, but I don't really care. I just sort of trust it. I think they're going to yeah. figure it out. Um, they've been burnt a little by opponent three point percentage going in at a higher rate than expected. Uh, and then Jason Tatum talking about guys being awesome. Jason Tatum also been has been very awesome. If you want to try to get on bet online and maybe sprinkle some of his MVP odds, I would highly recommend doing that. Uh, the odds are still pretty decent. Uh, Boston number two, any issues with that? No, Boston's number two on my list as well. They look really good. They look, they, they have a level um, and enough. And I like the Malcolm Brogdon. I know Brogdon hasn't played great, but I like the idea of Malcolm Brogdon as he figures it out for them. Another option to go small, another ball yeah. handler, which is something they're missing or were missing last year. It's just, they got the juice. Like they're they're That's a good basketball team. There's a reason they were in the finals last year. Uh, and yeah. And like the Joe Missoula thing has been fine. It just yeah. feels like all the, the coaching hubaloo is, 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 died down and not has been much of an issue as people expected number three i've got phoenix they're three and one um tell me if you've heard this before uh they are killing teams are outscoring opponents by 11.4 points per 100 possessions sounds a lot like last season mike for for the suns and it kind of feels a lot like last season quality wins already over the mavericks the clippers and the warriors by a combined 48 points they did lose to your portland trailblazers but by one point uh by two points one basket in overtime um, and then here's Devin Booker's shooting splits, 34.7 points on 53, 48, 88 splits. He's taken up a notch. Uh, I like Phoenix at number three. I also have them at number three. Most. Aren't oh, we supposed to disagree? Best. Isn't that what these sports we'll shows are the supposed to yell one, at each I other? Promise. I sports, promise we'll sports yelling. Um, yeah. I mean, they're just really good. They're really good. Like um, I know that we're, everyone is waiting for the vibes to crumble in the desert. Um, yeah. And I will agree that it doesn't seem like the coolest place to work, but they're a good basketball team. And if they're healthy, they're going to give people fits. I worry a little about their depth. I think they're, they're a little shallow, but their top six are really good. And campaign has been balling. Um, yeah. And he was, he was bad last year. He struggled. Um, and if he gets going, they just have more answers and more non CP minutes that are good. And they still have the Jay Crowder chip to play, right? Like they could still move him technically for another piece uh, and get another guy in the rotation. Damian Lee's been nice for them. He obviously yep. had the game winner on opening night, um, but he's been a nice guard. He's not really a backup ball handler the way that you want behind Chris Paul, but he's at least another option off the bench. Um, this is probably where we start to diverge on our list. I'd be surprised if you have the name, the same name that I have at number four. I got the Pelicans at three. Oh, I do not have them. I got the Memphis Grizzlies at four. Um, let's go. Let's talk Pelicans first. 
the starting lineup is outscoring opponents by 11 and a half points per 100 possessions. They're awesome. They're top five in the league in true, uh, true shooting percentage. They're first in offensive rebound rate, which is a nasty recipe. If most of your shots are going in and then the times that you do miss your shots, you're just getting offensive rebounds and putting them in. That's a pretty great thing. Uh, three players, uh, Zion, uh, Brennan Ingram, CJ McCollum, averaging at least 21 points per game. They do need to clear some things up defensively, but they already have a better defensive rating this year than they did last year overall. They won their first two games over Brooklyn and Charlotte by a combined 34 points. They just beat Dallas without Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, and Herb Jones. Uh, their, only their only losses is against the apparently awesome Utah Jazz. Yep. Uh, more than anything, um, just when I watch these, this team, two things stand out to me. And, and maybe this is just an emotional thing. I don't know. But number one, they're huge, they're enormous, they're long, and I think that's going to cover up a lot of sort of the defensive IQ issues that this team has, just given how young they are and the fact that sometimes they just don't, some of their best players don't care about defense. But they're enormous, and that matters, and that's affecting other teams offensively. Um, and then the other thing, too, is that there is a confidence brewing about this team that when they step onto the court against Brooklyn on opening night for them or any other team that they're playing, Dallas, with even without two of their three best players and their best defender in Herb Jones, they just don't care. There's a belief in this team that they could beat anybody that's uh, lined up against them. Shout out to Willie Green, who's doing an awesome job there. I love the Pelicans, man. I love them. Yeah, I mean, they are not really, when they're fully healthy, they're not really playing Jackson Hayes. Jackson Hayes was the secret to their sauce last year. They're just so deep. They got a lot of dudes. Talk about yeah. a team with, like, play, you know, they they don't need Najee Marshall. He's a, he's a nice bench piece. When he played against Dallas, he was pretty solid. Uh, you know, I, I've caught the Trailblazers for a decade. You know what everyone said in the, for a decade is that CJ McCollum be better as your third best player. Well, <laughs> there it is. He's their third best player, and they they look really good. And when he needs to step into a bigger role, he can. They got a thirty point seventeen rebound game from Jonas Valanciunas. Like they got a lot of ways to beat you. Um, I'm a you know everyone on the internet loves Herb Jones, and I'm on the internet and I love Herb Jones too. So like it's they're good. Um, I I do have them at five on my list because oh, okay. at four I got the Memphis Grizzlies. All right, I almost had Memphis. I, I almost had them at number six. They did not make my top six. They ended up beating the Sacramento Kings Thursday night. Maybe I should move them up. Uh, but tell me about Memphis. Well, they're just... John Morant is on an absolute tear to begin the season. Uh, he's He is adding three-point shooting to his game. And if yeah. he can shoot from three, you cannot guard him. Uh, because before you could go under and you could say, I dare you to take pull-up jumpers. If he can take standstill threes, if he can spot up, or he can shoot just like okay, you go under, I'm going to get my feet set and shoot a three. He doesn't need to bomb away. He needs to make, you know, something like two out of six a night and two out of five on other nights. Like he doesn't need to be a high volume three-point shooter. He needs to be a slightly above league average three-point shooter. And he is unguardable at that point, unguardable. Yeah. And Desmond Bain has, Desmond Bain is Ray Allen. I, I didn't, who knew? But like this dude is Walter Ray. He is so freaking good. Um, It's just, that they might be, and maybe this is maybe this is something that get me in trouble. But like, that's the best. That's the best backcourt in the NBA. Those are the best backcourt in the league. Like, they're just they're what? they're re who, they're really good, and they've. Them? I don't who who's even up there with them at this point. Phoenix. Okay, maybe that that would probably be the closest thing. I'm with you. John Morant second in the league in points per game right now. Desmond Bain, the buffest three point shooter of all time. Yeah, he's got big arms. Right. <laughs> So uh, that's that means something. Um, Santi Altima is apparently a thing that they're doing. Yeah, he, he's like fun. a totally fine NBA starter out of nowhere. <laughs> I love this team, man. I love Memphis. You can't make me say a bad thing about them. 
The only thing that I'm just a little curious about, and I, I don't think it'll be a bad thing. I don't think there's, there's a downside to this. I just want to see what it looks like when Jaron Jackson Jr. comes back. Right. And so I'm probably wrong for keeping them out of my top six. I don't feel good about not having them in my top six, uh, but I do not have them in my top six, but I probably should have. I probably should have. Um, number five on my list is Golden State. Now, um, look, the Warriors have allowed, and this is a stat that was going around before they beat the Heat uh, Thursday night. They allowed opponents to score at least 70 points in one half in three of their first four games, uh, which I guess is the first time that's ever happened in franchise history. So that's not good. The bench is getting killed. Jonathan Kaminga can't get on the court anymore. James yep. Wiseman, um, I like him. He had good minutes against Miami, but it's been up and down for him. Um, opponents are targeting Jordan Poole on defense over and over and over again. And I think that's a thing that people don't really talk about because they're so in awe with the dribble moves and the scoring and just the, the, the being the punched in the face ness of it all. Uh, but he gets targeted and part of that second unit, it's been an issue. They have literally the worst bench in the league by plus minus, um, Dante DiVincenzo and Jermichael green have been good pickups. Uh, DiVincenzo's hurt, but, uh, it kind of feels like they're still missing Gary Payton and Otto Porter, and defensively, they just haven't been very good. And last year, when Steve Kerr got into a defensive pinch, it was always, all right, Gary Payton, go in there and fix it. And a lot of times, Gary Payton went in there and fixed it, right? And that was why it was such a big deal when he got hurt against Memphis and then came back for Boston and everything like that in the finals. Uh, Otto Porter, same thing. Like, he was the secret sort of skeleton key to the lineup that ended up helping them win the finals with Draymond at the five. They, they missed those guys. And I just, again, I like Jamal Green. He's fine. He's not Otto Porter defensively. And I like Dante DiVincenzo, but I don't think he really adds the things that they need, which is what Gary Payton brought. Uh, but I have number five on my list for a reason. I was going to say, that's a lot of negatives for the fifth best team in the NBA. I like that. They're the Warriors. And Steph yeah. Curry is right where he left off in the finals last year. His numbers are just amazing. He scored 33 points, 10 in the fourth quarter to knock off uh, the Heat, who were competing there on the second night of a back-to-back. -back. Andrew Wiggins, who at this point is their second best player, I guess, is also uh, just... This season started uh, off right where he left off from the finals. Um, and like I, I just, I trust the infrastructure there. And I just, it felt weird to have him lower. I probably should have Memphis higher than them. I probably should have my number six team higher than them, but they're the defending champs. And it's still early in the season enough where I'm not going to overreact to anything. Yeah, I have him five two. Uh, this right. is uh, maybe a career achievement award. I think this is the team that's going to be in the championship conversation. There was almost nothing they could have done in this first five games of the season to drop out of my top six teams in the league. Like, I don't know, trade Steph. You know, like if if, if they right. had that's the only if, way. If this crew's here, they were going to just, I was going to put them in my top five. You said, hey, power rankings. I said, okay, Golden State, great. I'll write that name down. We'll figure out where they fit in. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm worried. I'm a little worried about the young guys, uh, but their Warriors University has been a pretty good incubator for youngsters to get better. Jordan Poole went from not looking good half of, you know, early in the season last year, even as recently yeah, as last year, the first, the first couple months, he was like, Okay, I don't I don't really get what this, you know, what how he's gonna fit all in. He's too he's too erratic, he's all these things. Um, then he made a hundred million dollars a few months later. Like he's <laughs> they they Warriors University works. Like I, I really believe in it. So I'm I'm Jonathan Kaminga doesn't look great. Moses Moody doesn't he's not quite there, but he looks fine to me, but he's not quite like a high-level contributor yet. I think by the time we get to March, we will, you know, have we will all be excited yeah. about you know some 20-year-olds on the Warriors. And I think that's the point of the regular season. I I, I thought that they weren't going to get the number one seed. I think a lot of people were betting on them to get the one seed. I thought that they were going to approach the regular season this way, just playing these guys a right. bunch of minutes together, 
and having them figure it out. And if you have to sacrifice some wins during the season, you do it because you want to get these guys ready for the playoffs. My number six team, I've got the Denver Nuggets. Uh, they're three and two. Um, take away that weird opening lot, lot uh, opening night loss to the Utah Jazz. Um, and the point differential isn't nearly as bad as it looks. Uh, they've got quality wins over the Warriors. They've got uh, a quality win over the Lakers. So it's like the best version of the Lakers because they were without Russell Westbrook. That was more of a joke. Um, the defense <laughs> has not been improved the way that they said it was going to be improved, uh, but they've been burnt a little bit by better than expected three-point shooting from opponents. I still think that when you get the pieces clicked into place, there's enough there defensively where they'll make it work. And Jovic has still been awesome, man. Nikola uh, Jokic, sorry, Jovic, I'm a Miami Heat. Yeah, uh, Miami guy. guy, there you go. First time anyone's ever done it in that direction, so great That's work. right, yeah, it always goes the other way. Nikola Jokic is still awesome. Michael Porter Jr. is looking great. Uh, Jamal Murray, I think he's going to work it out. Uh, moreover, I just like the team. I just like Denver. Um, there's not a team left that I trust more than them when outside of this top six right now, maybe other than, like, I'm not putting the Clippers in here. I'm not putting the Nets in here. I'm not putting Philly in here. They've just been that bad. Um, no, I'm not putting the Jazz in here, uh, despite the 4-1 and one record. Um, so I was really, I was split between Memphis and Denver. I ended up going Denver again, maybe should have went Memphis, but I, I went Denver here. So I had Denver and I crossed him out because I wanted a hot take. I wanted to close the show with a heater. I got the Cleveland Cavaliers. They don't have right, quality wins. You. They don't have quality oh. wins. I, I admit it. I admit it. Their wins right. are over Orlando, who's not a particularly good, I, they're better, the quality win is over Chicago, but Orlando and Washington, uh, they lost a close game early in the season at Toronto. That's, uh, but you know, doing this without Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell looks, Donovan Mitchell's a bucket. Dude is, um, he can score in any jersey, as it turns out. Uh, they're, they've leaned back into being big. Uh, they're starting Dean Wade, uh, yeah. who's a power forward at the three, because they realize we're better with four or with three giant people on the court. Like, that's our identity. That's how we got there last year. Uh, Isaac Okoro, who I thought could take that spot, lost it. This is a team that's still searching for what they can be, and they're, they're, smoking bad teams uh one of the best ways to judge for me during the regular season is do you take care of business cleveland so far yeah. with some injuries and with some and and just you know th with the schedule that they've had in front of them they lost a close one and then they've had teams that they're better than and what they do they won by double digits uh to me that's uh that's a team i believe in I did feel I did feel a little worried about not having Denver in here because I I I did think maybe a week ago that Denver was significantly yeah. better than this Cleveland team. So um, you know if you could see my notebook, I did have Denver initially, <laughs> but I'm, I'm rolling with Cleveland, baby. I love it. I like that you went bold with it. The reason I didn't have Cleveland was almost I thought about this like almost like a BCS ranking, like college football playoff type of ranking. Where um, do I really think the Cavaliers are better than the Nuggets? No, I don't. So no. I'm having them. I put the Nuggets ahead of them. Uh, they don't have a quality win. Right. That matters. I almost, I'm, I'm taking the fact that Darius Garland is injured right now as like, I, I like you could spin it positive. They're still, they're still beating teams without him, but I keep just saying like, they don't have him. He's hurt. So right. I'm just knocking them out of their power rankings. Like if these teams went head to head right now, I think they would lose against the teams on my top six slash seven ish. Cause I'm, I keep talking about Memphis too. Um, so, but I like that you went bold. I considered Cleveland as well. Uh, but then, like you said, when you dig deeper, you're like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, 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 Impressive net rating. The numbers say that they're good, but they just, they're going to play a good team this week and we're going to, we will get a little more info. Their next game is against the Boston Celtics, the Knicks, and then the Celtics again. So by the time you power rank next week, you'll know for real how good Cleveland is. That's right. That's right.
Um, all right. Well, that'll wrap it up for this week here on Locked on NBA. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on NBA wherever you listen to podcasts for 30 minutes of the NBA's top stories every day. Until next Friday, you can find me over at Locked on Heat. Mike is over at Locked on Trailblazers. Thank you for making Locked on NBA your first listen every day.